Pass Friday, a weekly podcast reviewing games in our Game Pass collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from a varying skill range. I am your regional manager host, Andrew, with me, assistant to the regional manager, Keith. Hello. And of course, our lovable intern, Liz. Hey, guys. And this week, we did Keith's pick, which was Moonlighter. Keith, can you tell our listeners why'd you pick Moonlighter? So I saw it on the Game Pass catalog. Description seemed like something I'm really into. I like these styles of games where it's like top down, kind of old school looking, kind of looks like a Zelda. Yeah, it just sounded like a lot of fun. So I said, let's do it. Wow, that was a riveting story. Good job, Keith. Hey, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I pick things. <laughs> I just do. All right, well, why don't you start off, Keith? Is this a gamer pass for you? Oh, it's a definite game. i glad I picked it. It was everything I wanted it to be and maybe even more. I would also give it a game. For me, this is definitely a game. So, <laughs> I like, Because I, I was surprised how much I love this game. There's very kind of little things I did not like about it. But I thought this game was a blast. And I would, like, look at the clock. And I'm like, oh, man, I've just been playing this for, like, four hours. Yeah, it's such a, it's such a time dragger. And in, like, the best way, though. Like, I would just seriously just, yeah, dump hours into the game. And there's definitely a lot of flaws to it. We'll talk about that. But they didn't take anything away from the game for me. No. So to give a quick backstory of this game, this game comes from a very small studio called Digital Sun. And as far as I can see, I think this is their first game because I couldn't find any other games that they've done before. But it has been released on all the platforms. So if you're ever looking this on getting your Switch or PlayStation 4, it's available there. So the story of this game is you're playing... I guess a young boy. You kind of look like an old man when you actually see your character. So I just got confused in this character's age. But you grew up in your mom and pop store of selling merchandise to travelers as the travelers came into this town to go to these local dungeons that are right by your town. So some merchants would go to these dungeons and gather artifacts and sell them in their store. So as a young boy, you always worked in the store, but you always wanted to explore these dungeons. So once your parents end up passing away and you become of age... You decide to take over the shop and start going to the dungeons yourself so you can sell the merchandise. And that is essentially the majority of the game. But going into the story, though, I gotta say, I actually really like this story. I think there was a few moments of it that were kind of miss. I know you were talking about it, Liz. My biggest complaint is there wasn't much of interaction with the village. So you're trying to grow this village and grow your store, but I didn't like I didn't have any connection with any of the villagers. Yeah, I also feel like you don't really... In other games like this, like I know you're talking about Zelda, I immediately think of like Stardew, Graveyard Keeper, and yeah, you you build up your store and stuff, but you don't really personalize anything either. Even at the beginning, like you don't pick your character, you don't make it your own, and like you said, you don't really have any banter with the, the townspeople, you don't have to like win them over or anything, so it's kind of just like the game, the story, that's all that there is. Did you actually notice there actually is a slight love interest in this game? I did catch no. that at least. Yeah, it's. I only no. noticed it at the end. Um, if you remember the beginning, the little girl that you're the same age as, sword fighting with. I think her name is Tomo. You, oh, I thought uh, it was Toto. No, it's Tomo. Wow. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, you. That's less you, interesting. You end up actually like talking to the old man later, and he's like, "Oh, why are you asking about Tomo?" So maybe he's just too. Uh, invasive with his personality and nothing's going on and you just ask because it's a video game but it seems there's a little love interest there yeah no tomo <laughs> that was awful oh, i was gonna say no that. i was gonna say no origato from that tomo but that's probably really bad <laughs> oh my word <laughs> but anyway yeah so if you actually talk to some of the villagers there's slight dialogue uh the old man wait was his name zakomo Ooh, that's a good question uh Something like that. I don't know. But either way, he he appears outside of the dungeons. You can kind of talk to him and get a little bit of backstory. Because I always was, like, curious. They don't really explain what happened to your parents. Like, kind of, they don't really explain too much of what happened to this village. Why do, like, some people not escape the dungeons? I mean, they explained a little bit more of that part. But, yeah, there, there wasn't too much explanation and lore of the village or surrounding villages. So, quick question about that, actually. When you say that. Now, I'm not... Especially when you say the other surrounding villages. As far as that one, did you go and like talk to the old man at the campfire? Because you could ask him different questions about the town, about the dungeons, your parents, and he would give you actually some more backstory. Yeah, that's how I found out about Toto. Oh. Oh, God, 
gosh. Also, his name is Xenon. I just looked it up. Ah, so. Xenon. But it had the Z, so you were close. But no, I thought, I mean, you're right. As far as, like, your father's death, he's like, yeah, he just died in the dungeons because that's what he did. So, yeah, I think that was, like, the first big miss with this game is that there's, there wasn't much character development because there's really not many areas you explore. You just explore the village and then the various dungeons, and that's it. It's not like you can go explore any other landscape or anything like that or try to, like, promote your story or anything like that. But overall, I thought the story was really good in this game because the end... I don't want to spoil too much of it, but the end I really liked. I thought it was a nice direction they did with the end, kind of explaining these dungeons and where they came from and what's the whole deal with them. It To go a little bit spoilery, it, this whole game is kind of like this fantasy game, but then in the end it does this hint of a sci-fi element to it, which I thought was really cool. It kind of caught me off guard. I was like, oh, that's actually really interesting because I thought it was just going to be a very generic oh, the slimes are creatures that create portals and you are robbing their homes. I thought it was going to be something generic like that, but it actually was a nice twist. Yeah, I didn't finish it. I got to the fourth dungeon, which is four dungeons and then the boss. Yeah. But Angie was telling me about it, and I I was surprised too. I think the ending sounds really cool, um, especially because I do think that the story leading up to it is just kind of cliche. It is. I feel like you've seen it a million times in a million games, so the fact that they actually like pulled that out at the end, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, because I think it also makes it for a nice setup for a sequel. Because they kind of hint as like, oh, new possibilities that you can do in this in like if an, they come up with a sequel, which I really hope they do. I would definitely love a sequel. Uh, and you're right; it definitely sets it up for it. The way the final dialogue closes out with whatever it may be, yeah, it, it definitely leaves open that there's just more to come. I think, which it was really cool. What I loved about it is I thought I knew what the twist was, so I didn't know the ending. But you had said, "Hey, it's a cool ending." So I started playing, you know, ideas in my head, and what I thought was going to happen was completely wrong, and I was happy about that in the best ways. Yeah, it was it was a really good ending, so it's definitely worth putting the time in to get to it. Yeah, because it, it also didn't seem like kind of a forced twist. It wasn't like something so out of left field, like, oh, you're playing, a, you're in a coma, and you're in someone's dream. It wasn't anything like stupid and cliche like that. I, I just really liked, it, it fit well with the story, but it didn't seem too forced. Well, also to your point, too, just one other thought I had on it, where without spoiling it the fact that it it was such like a fantasy game throughout it and then all of a sudden it's like bam here's some sci-fi mixed with your fantasy it was just like a cool little crossover that made it fun yeah but i do think that considering it is fantasy i do feel like it was i don't, I don't want to say boring but i feel like they could have done more like for instance like at night like they could escape the dungeon or something i just felt like the game just seemed very small like you you ran your store, you protected your merchandise against thieves, you sold everything, you went to the dungeon. Back and forth, back and forth. I'm just, like, surprised because, considering it is a fantasy game, that they didn't add, like, just a little bit of something else. No, and I agree with that. Like, that's what is kind of, like, my complaint with it. Because it could have done so much more with the lore and the story and of, like, the surrounding area. But they don't at all. And even though you're kind of putting money into the town to grow it a little bit... I never really felt like I saw the actual growth. Like, oh, this store is open. But, like, anytime you like upgrade your store, on the outside it looks exactly the same. So it's only when you go inside does it actually change. And I was kind of disappointed in that. Like Liz was saying, there was nothing that really made it feel like my own. And there's only like, one thing to work towards, too. Because I feel like, I mentioned earlier, like, I could play Stardew for, like, ten years. Like, I love that game. Because there's so many different elements... But with this game, because you're doing the same things over and over and over again, by, like, the fourth dungeon, I was kind of, like, burnt out a little bit. No, I can get that. I guess for me, like, I don't have that feeling as often with games. It takes me a little bit more. It is, it definitely just feels like it gets repetitive, and and it did kind of bum me out a little bit where I don't think anyone said anything about Zelda. It just looked like that to me, and so I was kind of hoping for some of that. Oh, it did a little bit. Yeah, but it it just didn't ultimately get that same feel because like you said it was just the one town i did like that they always joked about it every time you upgraded your shop where you'd be like i know it doesn't look like anything but i promise you it's better (laughs) and it would be obviously but you're right i i almost wonder though like we talk about a lot of times it's a small studio i just wonder if they didn't have the budget to just keep creating different landscapes so it was just an easy way out. Yeah, I mean, this is like their entry game. So it, it makes sense that they probably skimmed on some things. 
because obviously it's their first, but I mean, I hope it does really well because I would love a sequel and I'd love to see what they would do with a sequel. Switching to talking about gameplay, this game does two things that are a personal pet peeve of mine, which I know we talked about a little bit. The first one is the difficulty settings. So the game has normal, hard, and very hard. And it says hard is the recommended setting that the developers want you to play. So my, I, my, I don't get that. Like that irritates me because it was the same thing with Full Metal Furies where there's only four characters, but they have like a six star difficulty rating. Why isn't it just easy, normal, and hard? And normal is what the developers wanted you to play because it's normal. That's literally the definition of normal. But whatever reason, they described it as hard. So I played it as hard. Uh, I don't know what you guys played it I did. At. I did the hard, the recommended. I started on normal and then accidentally somehow switched to hard. And I was like, I am dying so much. Like, how did this game get so flipping hard? And then I realized, I was like, did I like switch to settings or something? And I don't know how I could have done it. Cause you have to like, obviously like hit the button, scroll down, reselect it. I don't know if it was a glitch or what, but that's what my problem was. So then I went back to normal. Cause I thought it was pretty challenging on normal. And then my second annoyance with this game is the achievements, but I'll get on that when we get farther in the episode. But continuing still more with the gameplay, I absolutely love this game's gameplay. I thought the fighting in the game was really fun. I thought all the dungeons were varied enough. They all had like the same layout, but I, I thought the enemy types were just varied enough that as soon as you enter a room, you got to prioritize like, okay, I got to get this guy because he'll create more people or I want to kill this monster because he's going to just keep blasting me from across a room. So I really loved the combat in this game. I thought it was really fluid. I really loved the weapons in this game. It had a nice variety kind of for what play style you liked because you could switch between two different weapons while you're in a dungeon. And the game just constantly made you move, but also you had to be really careful because if you end up dying in the dungeon, you lose a majority of the things you carry. So it has a really nice balance of a risk and reward system that I really enjoyed with this game. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It was one of those things, I died a lot early on, and then all of a sudden I just, I got so annoyed with it that I started overprotecting everything that I did. And so I found that, yeah, I just, I loved the fighting style of it. I, I liked your point where you're saying there's different characters, but with the four dungeons, they have, you know, the, the neutral, there's no element to them. And then there's three elemental dungeons and they did keep the jellies, which was always like a constant that you had to worry about. That was sort of like your baseline element. I feel like in a lot of ways, it's sort of the baseline for almost any RPG type of game or action game is you just got to have some sort of jelly enemy. Yeah, it's the most generic fantastic Yeah, like, but at the same time, they creature. didn't abuse it, though, which is what I liked. I felt like it was just kind of a nod to other action games, and then all of the other characters, they were unique in every dungeon, and they basically got harder, and sometimes I think they would do maybe an additional skill or something as they were, like, a higher level in a dungeon, but there was still, I don't know, what, probably 20-plus different enemies at least that you fought? Oh, yeah, because none of them I felt like were reskins, except for yeah. the jellies. Everyone felt like a unique yeah, monster. Yeah, it, it really was, and that's what I thought was really cool about it. So that's something I felt like this game, for a very small studio, packed in with a lot of variety into an otherwise flat gameplay in some ways. Yeah, I think a lot of games like this, they always lack a lot in the in the dungeon and combat part of it and i really love that when you upgraded your weapons that you could see the difference like when you're fighting it did become easier i do think that it was a little frustrating that for each dungeon you could only upgrade a certain amount and then it's kind of like oh well your skill has to get better you're not going to beat it and then also during combat i didn't like that you couldn't open up your inventory so like what you had equipped which you could only have like five elixirs equipped um you couldn't get any more so you'd have to like frantically hold b if you're about to die but i was like i don't understand why i can't go into my inventory but there weren't any bombs or anything but the weapons like were varied enough that they were still fun to use like i used the spear and the uh the bow and arrow and i thought they were the perfect combination yeah that's what my weapon choice was too see i didn't use bow and arrows at all so i guess i Real quick, we could highlight everything that there was. So you have the basic training. It's a it's a sword and shield. Then you're gonna have a big sword. There's gloves. There's the spears, and then the bow and arrow. Right. So that's your that's your five mm-hmm. items. Personally, I actually I went one item the whole way. So this may might have been one of the reasons I took as long as I did because I never carried two weapons. I went all gloves all the time, and I carried my broom spear. Because I wanted the achievement for that. Did you get that achievement? I did. I, I'm working on it. I, 
I learned I learned a, a trick. We'll talk about that. <laughs> All right. I also really like too. This is like a quick add-on that you could roll around too. So when you're in the dungeon, there are like little holes and stuff where there's like secret rooms. But if you fall in, you get damage. But um, navigating the enemies, being able to roll, I thought was really beneficial, and I wish more games had that. Did you actually learn to roll? I remember that was your biggest issue at the beginning, because you you always said that you're not much of a dodging person. You'd rather just like take the hit. Oh yeah, this game you have to. But I also, and this is like a big complaint with like some of the games we've been playing recently. They keep switching like the controller for like what's action. And this one, right trigger is your potion. Is your potion, yeah. And then, um, which is the last game that was like you're fighting. So having just played that game, I would hit the right trigger and be like, wow, there goes like a potion that's really expensive to make. (laughs) So that was really annoying to me. Yeah, the controls took me a little bit of time too, but once I... like figured it out. The controls aren't bad. They are just a little different. So it took it took me a little bit of time too. Yeah, and honestly, and I still screwed things up a couple times here and there, even in spite of that, because I know what you mean. They are a little bit weird for for what it is. But one thing I did like though is that, like you said, when you're running around and you're just constantly trying to run, aside I think from the dodging, which you could basically go right into the pit, it was very forgiving about how long you had to push yourself against a cliff to actually yeah. fall off. So it was, I like when it does that, that it's like, all right, we're going to give you, we're going to penalize you if you try to run off a cliff or in some cases not. But but yeah, it didn't it didn't do it right away, I guess. Yeah, and it wasn't like, oh, you fell off the cliff and you instantly die. It just took, it took a very small amount of health off. Well, but not only that, like if it was just like you would immediately fall off as soon as you walk towards it, I would have fallen off so much more yeah. and it would have been an issue. I don't know about you, but... I know I fall off a lot of things in games, so... (laughs) You have some issue with platforming. Exactly. Even when I'm not actually platforming, I'm just running on a 2D surface. So, the other big mechanic in this game that the whole game is kind of advertised about is managing your shop that you're getting all the loot and then selling in. And for me, I thought the shop was a little bit of an afterthought. I liked the idea of it, I just don't think it was fully fleshed out. You, So when you get the items, you basically put them on a counter and you list what price you want to set. People will come into your store, they'll look at it, and they'll give you just a simple emoji of whether it's too high or too low or just right. So you're kind of playing this balancing act. And it always looks like a little frustrating with me, unless you looked up online as to what the recommended price is, You'd be putting like an incredibly valuable item and you're like, oh, I don't know, 100 gold and it sells for like a million gold. And so people just buy it and oh, there's your 100 gold and you end up losing out a bunch of money. So it's this weird trial and error that I didn't really care for. It would log it in your book. So you could be like, okay, what did I sell it for this last time? Okay, I sold it for 100 gold and that was way too cheap. So I'll up the price. But this time you do 200 gold, and guess what? It's still a million gold, so you're still losing a whole bunch of money. So it was kind of this yeah, this trial and error that took way too much time, and I didn't care for that. Later on, you get like a shop assistant that can sell all the things for you, but she takes a 30% cut. So, I don't know. The things with the shop, I just thought it was more gimmicky than it was like an actual cool mechanic. The price thing was inconsistent, too. Yeah. Because, like, there were some days I would look up what it's supposed to be on a neutral day. Because you can see if it's, like, high demand or whatever. So, I on a neutral day, it would be a certain price. And it would sell perfectly. And then the next day, it would also say neutral. And then it would say it was too high or too low. So, for me, I just thought that it wasn't, it wasn't completely accurate, which was kind of frustrating. But for me, I kind of just didn't care. Yeah, I felt like this was the game's twist to just get rid of generic shopkeepers of you going in and mashing A and selling all your junk. They wanted to make it a little bit different by giving you the shop. But as was Liz was saying too, there isn't much customization. You can put these little objects around your shop to either increase the chances, like increase people tipping you or reducing the amount of thieves you get or increase the chance of a wealthy patron will come in. But it doesn't really do too much cosmetically. So I wish there was a little bit more cosmetic options you could do with your shop. I like that there's a couple cases so you can put your extra valuable stuff so the thieves can't steal it. But the thieves are really frustrating because some days I would get two and then other days they would just come in one after another and the shopkeeper is useless. If she's by herself, I don't know if she catches them all, but when she's with you and that way she doesn't get the cut, she will catch like one out of five. Like she's like really terrible. Well, so one trick I learned, Liz, I don't know if you knew this or not, you don't have to be behind the counter to sell. You can sell from the front of the cash register. 
So I never went behind the the thing. So I was always I available. Oh, yeah, I I figured that out one like one time playing. I went, oh, this makes it so much easier. Like I didn't I didn't like thieves, but I only lost maybe a handful or less of items. Yeah, I didn't lose too much from thieves either. They were just annoying. Yeah. If you look out for them, I mean, if you keep your eye on them while they're going around the store, you can be ready. Yeah, because the thief announced announces that they're a thief as soon as they enter your store. Just very nice of them. But it is, as Liz was saying, it's frustrating because you literally will kick one out of your store and then right away another one will enter. And you can't throw them out of your store until they actually steal something. And then it's easy to catch them. Like you just roll into them and you beat them up and toss them out. But it is just, it was just kind of a nuisance. Yeah. And I think to your point, the other thing, Liz, is I don't think uh, the shoplifters are even a thing when she does the selling because you just put everything in a box and it just just does a sell at perfect price minus 30% is all it does. Yeah, that's what I always took it at too. Because when you sell things yourself, you can actually sell them for a little bit higher. You don't have a high enough chance. You don't have too much of a high chance of selling it, but you have the possibility. Yeah, it seems to be a pretty small window of overshooting it that you won't sell it. But yeah, I I'll be honest. I just straight straight up went to the price guide on this game. Yeah, same here. And Me I too. I think though, if you do pay attention to the book, I think it gives you enough cues that you can sort of get an idea because it displays the items in an increasing value. So once you start to pick up on a few perfect prices, you can at least gauge things better. Like you know, oh, this thing was 500 and now this next one above it, it's not going to be worth 10,000. It's going to be worth maybe 700. So there was, but it just took too long, I think is the big thing. Which I wonder if the people who created the game actually thought people wouldn't just use the guides. Because, I mean, I can't imagine anybody, like, sitting there trying to figure out the prices when you could be in the dungeon. Yeah. Which, speaking of, like, the inventory, one more thing that really bothered me, you cannot upgrade your backpack. So you have to, like, pick and choose what to sell while you're in the dungeon, but you get a fraction of what you're supposed to for it. And some of the items have curses, so you can use the curses to to help you um, so that you can like stack them and stuff. I thought that that was very frustrating, especially if you're in the dungeon for a long time and you're like, I want to beat the bosses, but I also have a lot of valuable stuff and I don't want to keep selling stuff. So they even if it was crazy expensive, they should have had an upgrade available for the backpack. So this is what I kind of liked about the game, though. It was this... It did such a good balance with a risk and reward. So if you had a backpack that you ended up upgrading to like 60 slots, you could literally carry the entire dungeon in your backpack and you would just make like so much money. So I can kind of understand why they limit you with your backpack because it's all about inventory management. You know, okay, do I want to sell this item? Like I can maybe get 100 gold from it in the shop or I can just instantly sell it now and get 25 cents. Because you have this little mirror that you can dump things in. Instead of just destroying an item, you sell it to the abyss. I don't know. They don't really tell you where it goes, but it just generates a little bit of money for you. And if you ever return back to your shop, it's a one-way portal. It normally starts at a low cost, but with every dungeon you go, it increases its value. But it's a one-way portal. So you could get to the second part and be like, okay, I'm getting close to the final boss, but I have a full inventory. And if I die, I lose this all. And you got to decide like, all right, maybe I'll just go back to the shop and just dump everything and just do the dungeon again. But then eventually you get another item that actually will create a two-way portal. But it's, I think, at least four times more expensive than the one-way. So it's kind of nice. And you can only use it once. Yeah, you can only use it once. But it's very helpful when you get to like the final boss door and you're like, okay, this is the final boss. I'm just going to go back home, get more potions, get more health, dump all my stuff in case I die. I don't lose it and then go back in. So I like the risk reward. You would lose money because you would have to pay for the portal, but it was like this nice safety check, and I liked it a lot. You could, what do you mean you could only use it once, though? That, I'm confused by that. The two-way portal. It, well, yeah, you could only go back to the, the... I see what you're saying. You could only go back one time to that part of the dungeon, right? Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. I got you. But yeah, I just... I understand where you're coming from. I'm just greedy, and I wanted it all. <laughs> well, but know? that... I think, though, they did a good job of of making the values make sense. Like on the final dungeon, if I would spend 80,000 gold to go back, but if I had a backpack full of stuff at that point, I'm probably selling that by the fourth dungeon for, you know, 1.2 million. Yeah. That 80,000 is a drop in the pan at that point, you know? It is. So they, they, as expensive as they made it, once you sort of got into a rhythm of looting and you're and selling, it, it never really seemed to matter that much, I didn't think. What did you guys think of the boss fights? I thought they were actually awesome. 
I thought the earlier ones were the hardest. And I guess are you talking see, mini bosses? I thought or? the forest, all the bosses. I thought the forest one was the hardest one. I see. Yeah, and I, and one of the biggest reasons I think that was is it just I think you were so undergeared at that point that it just everything felt difficult. At least that was that was my take on it. Because once I go, oh the forest was the second one, right? Yes. Oh okay. No, sorry. I was thinking of the golem one. I hated the forest one. Yeah, the forest one I thought was really hard. No, I agree, and I did find it really interesting that it was, there was another inconsistency with the game with the bosses and at first i thought it was like a night and day thing um sometimes the bosses would be crazy easy especially the first one the first boss in each dungeon is is always really easy but there were sometimes i'd go in and the first two i would like barely be hit at all and other times they would just like annihilate me and so i felt like the boss strengths were like very like Per day, like there were some sometimes where they were really hard, and other days where they were super easy. Well, they did explain that. They said if you go to the dungeons during the day, the enemies are easier, but they don't drop a lot of loot. Well, no, I just said I thought that was it at first, but then but then I realized that like sometimes they were it was just inconsistent. Oh. So there was like sometimes because I started keeping track, I was like, oh, is this like a day night thing? Because Andrew had warned me about that, and then there was two nights in a row that I had done it, and the first night super easy. I ended up leaving because I had a lot of expensive items and I was like, I'm probably not going to beat the last boss anyways. Went back another night and they were crazy hard and I didn't really understand that. So to kind of explain a little bit of the bosses, there's three floors in a dungeon. At the end of each floor you fight a mini boss. The mini bosses are the same. Like it's the same enemy, but when you fight him the second time around he becomes corrupted and he has like another skill or two. So like he may teleport and transport across the room or he might leave like poison on the ground. So you're fighting the same boss the first two times, but then when you get to the third floor you fight the final boss, which you can only fight him once. Once you beat him, when you go back to that room it's just like a a challenge room instead. I really like the final bosses. I really like the design of them, and I thought they were really interesting. And I, uh, like I said, I thought the forest one was the hardest one. I thought the bosses, the mini bosses before the final boss fight, were incredibly hard. It was just like a tree, but his moves I always thought hit so hard, and they were just like so obnoxious. Yeah. I always thought it was the second boss that was the hardest for like all the dungeons. Yeah, when he but, becomes corrupted and has the extra moves. Yeah, for yeah. every dungeon, it was the second boss that always gave me the most trouble. But I agree, especially the last bosses. I thought that they were all unique and they did different things than the other bosses. So I really liked them. I had more, and I think we all agreed on this basically, so maybe I'm just <laughs> saying the same thing. I had less trouble with the final boss in every case than I did getting past the level two boss. Oh, yeah. the final, final boss? Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I didn't think it was hard at all. I don't think I ever died more than two or three times on those bosses. My death mainly came from the mini bosses. But what I didn't, and the reason was, I guess they kind of did the same thing to a certain degree. But the mini, both the mini bosses and the big bosses, they didn't have like a set, I guess, what, how was you always? say it Andrew. there wasn't like a dance you knew what their moves were but you didn't know what order they were going to do them it wasn't always in the same order so yeah. the mini bosses that could just be a nightmare <laughs> for whatever it was worth the when they hit you i was like mostly leveled up at one point i think i had almost all of my full level stuff and it was like 10 percent of my health in one hit or more jeez so I just found myself running from them a lot. I mean, this is why I really like the bow and arrow, because I thought the bow and arrow was really good when it came to the bosses, especially the final bosses, because the final bosses are just massive creatures, and you could generally keep your distance and just take little pot shots at them, and then once they didn't move, sometimes they'd be stunned for a few seconds, and that's when it hit them at the spear. So that's why I thought the spear and bow were like a nice combo. But I, yeah, I thought the like skill dance you kind of had to do with the bosses, I thought were a lot of fun. See, I was kind of cowardly, and... There was a couple times where I ended up leaving like during a boss fight because I was like, I don't want to lose my treasure. And then there was one I was so close to death, but it was like the 10th time I was fighting this mini boss. And I was like, just do it. And I beat him. And I was like, I probably could have beaten him like two days ago. <laughs> like I put so many hours into this game. And I think that the reason why it was taking me so long is because I was just so greedy and didn't want to lose anything. And I would just be like, no, I'm going to hit B. But then the frustrating thing is, even though you beat him, and you return back home, you have to find them all over again. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't save your progress unless you do the two-way portal, which is really expensive. Well, for me, it was just the fact that you couldn't get more potions from your bag. So, see, like, I have one potion left. Can I make it? And I'd always say no, but the fact is I probably could have. <laughs> probably. 
And then for like the last boss, you can go back into your bag to get more potions. But it was just like, yeah, I was just a coward. <laughs> so overall, what did you guys think of the art style of the game? Um, so I guess I don't remember where they are, but I liked it. I, I don't know. We talk about this a lot. It's 2D. It's whatever, but it wasn't fully pixelated. Like, I think they add a lot more detail to it that I thought was really cool. Um, they have a lot of that, like, living environment, too, so it's not just completely flat. And then as far as, like, all of the dungeons, again, they were... I guess they were all similar in terms of hazards to a certain extent with just reskins, but each dungeon felt very unique at the same time. Oh, yeah. I think it was a step up from the games I mentioned earlier. Like, I thought that it was just... They added, like, a little bit more something to the graphics. Yeah, I... Overall, I really like the graphics. I really like the aesthetic of this game. I really kind of liked how they had, like, some of the jellies moved. I really liked, you know, seeing the breeze blow on, like, the grass. And then when you went in some of the dungeons, there actually is little, like, bugs on the ground, which you can step on, and if you step on 100, there's an achievement for that. But, yeah, all the dungeons and environments actually felt like they have been kind of lived in, or they felt... I don't want to say real, but they, they didn't feel like copy and paste. I actually felt like every time I was going to a dungeon, it was like a kind of a different tile and everything. So I, I really like the graphics of this game. But I do think it's a little weird. I don't know if you guys ever noticed it. But in, when you're in the town specifically, when you roll through the tall grass, the frame rate in the game would just drop. Like, it would just get super laggy. I had that issue a lot. Um it was I, I mean I mostly stayed out of it but I definitely got that all the time but it's by the potion shop and we should go to the potion shop a lot so if you end up touching the grass the, the game would just get super laggy you mentioned it to me so I did it and I completely agree with you but I probably wouldn't have noticed unless you said something because I'm unobservant but so with the kind of like I noticed with the frame rate dipping did you guys end up seeing any glitches because I ended up getting a couple in this game yeah, I had a handful or so that I ran into. Uh, one time, I just going from one dungeon floor to another, it just got stuck on a loading screen. So I had to reboot, and I lost all my progress. It was cool because I was Ooh. going to the third dungeon. <laughs> I had quite a few times where, like, my items would glitch out, and, like, it wouldn't let me put more things in a, in a certain box, or I couldn't take them out. I actually completely lost two items at one point, and it was confusing using the heck out of me like i had all of my weapons and armor in one special box and there was just two that weren't there and i could not fathom what happened reloaded the game and they were there yeah there was just like a couple weird things like that that i ran into but it also didn't take much away from the game i was just like boy that's annoying um for me sometimes it would like stutter a little bit and it was usually after I finished a boss and I would get so nervous that it would just like, especially I think it was the third dungeon. I had just finished the last boss and the, it was kind of stuttering a little bit. I don't know how else to describe it. And I was like, if this game crashes right now, I am going to be so mad, but it was fine. But I didn't really notice anything like that. There was one time that I got back and I think two of my things in my inventory disappeared. But that could have been me, because there are some that, like, are some of the curses that will knock a uh, an object in a, in a direction. So I probably, like, wasn't paying attention to that. So I, I'll give myself the blame for that one. But that happened to me once. <laughs> a couple of glitches that I ended up kind of seeing. One was an audio glitch. When you take the two-way portal, I noticed sometimes, like, the audio when you return back to the dungeon doesn't fully work. But once I would, like, go to another room or two, it would actually kick back in and it would be fine. But there was only one other time uh, when I was in the store, I finished the entire sale day and it gave me like my final receipt, but then it wouldn't let me leave the store. It wouldn't let me go to sleep. It wouldn't let me open my chest. It just was like kept me in this weird limbo. But luckily when I reset the game, it still saved my full sale day and it just put me on to the next day. So luckily all these glitches I think we're seeing, they're all kind of minor. None of them are game breaking and they don't really fully ruin the whole experience of the game. I had the same actual glitch where there was just someone looked at an item and they didn't like the price, I guess, but they never ended up moving. And I closed my shop and they wouldn't leave and I couldn't do anything. It was early That's enough awkward. on. Yeah, it really was. Like I said, I, I think her name was Karen. She seemed very angry <laughs> and she wanted to talk to a manager. But uh, then another thing is actually with the music, one thing I learned, Andrew... When you got that audio glitch, you could just open your bag. At least it generally fixed it for me every time I did that. So that was oh. that was like a quick fix for that one. 
Yeah, see, that, uh, that audio, the audio glitch kind of annoyed me a little bit, too, because I absolutely loved the music in this game. So when it kind of would give me this weird audio glitch, I was like, oh, I was like, I'm really actually enjoying this music. I was really impressed with it. For me specifically, I loved the fourth dungeon. The fourth dungeon is the technology dungeon, and the soundtrack they had for that one, I really liked. I remember when I first entered it, like, I remember I was like, okay, I'm enjoying this music. But I just remember once I entered the fourth dungeon, I thought the music was just very striking, and I really liked it a lot. I absolutely agree. One of the things I liked about it is that every level of the dungeon had a unique variant to the song, so it it always built in intensity as you did it. And I want to say even the boss fight might have even had its own at the same time but i maybe not like a hundred percent but did you notice that it was all the same song it was just like so when you had the overall theme song of it it was just that music but it was sort of kind of paired to the dungeon style you were in i guess Ah, i didn't notice that it and maybe i'm wrong because i am not good with music but I'm pretty sure it was, because that was that was what I noticed. I was like, that sounds really familiar. But like in the tech dungeon, it had kind of you know robot noises or whatever you want to call it. I don't know, like an, an electronic sound, I guess you could say. But it was the theme song, just electro style, like in some way. So I thought that was really cool. I thought it was all right. <laughs> I was, I mean, I ended up eventually like putting on some like YouTube videos in the background. I I didn't really care to listen to it but i didn't dislike it i thought it was i thought it was good you just don't appreciate the arts i do i think not. i'm very particular with music i either love it i'm mad about it or i hate it but I, like for me it just like it was just meh you know i don't know you only love it if it's graveyard keeper i, I was just thinking gosh. someone was gonna make a comment but i thought <laughs> it was gonna be keith you know i'm not even gonna go there but honestly, it was, I think it was like the second dungeon that I noticed that it was doing it. And that's when I actually appreciated what the music was doing, which I think I contradicted myself because I think it was said it was the fourth dungeon. Someone can call me on that. I don't know. Either way, I thought it was really cool and I very much appreciated the music. I think you guys get offended when I say that something is good. I mean, no, we it, we really don't. We just like to we just like to make fun of you about <laughs> it, especially because Graveyard Keeper is the one game that you I think raved about more than any game. Because like I said too, I always like when you say good. You always say it with like a shrug, and our, our listeners can't see that you're shrugging because you're always like, yeah, it's good. Shrug. It's like all right. So I can't tell if you actually thought it was good or you're just like meh. So that's why I, I make fun of you for it. I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> For everyone out there, Liz saying good equals she's just trying to be nice because she knows someone worked really hard on making this game and she feels <laughs> bad saying bad things about it. That's what good just means. means. I didn't dislike it. It wasn't great. And therefore it's meh. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, never mind. I won't say it. Ooh. A certain type of pizza I was thinking of. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to mention a game. <laughs> yeah, it was that you made that way more exciting. <laughs> but now I want to get into the final segment and my other major pet peeve with this game, and that is the achievements. So this game is one of the few games, I don't know why every once in a while a game comes out and decides to be different and do this, but all the achievement scores in this game are odd numbers. They're not either, they don't end in either a zero or a five. So a majority of them end in a two. A lot of them are worth like 12 or 22 points, and that infuriates me so much. You end up with an odd score number at the end, and it's not like this nice round number of a 0 or a 5. So for me, like beating this game, I ended at 462 for gamer score. So it's like, ah, oh, great. So now I have this odd number on my final gamer score. That, that looks great. Yeah, I have 626 myself, so I don't know where I'm going to end out because there are actually a few that I was chasing. And I want to go back because I'm actually really close on. It Whoa. doesn't bother me as you much. You beat my gamer score in this game? I did. Oh my gosh. I got to fix that. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Man, I've been crushing you lately. I, I beat Full Metal Furies before you did. I may or may yeah, not have beat you. You're never going to catch up to my gamer score. I'm over oh. a quarter million for gamer score. There's I'm, no way you're beating that. Yeah, I'm not trying to win the war at this point. I'm just <laughs> trying to win a few battles. Oh, so far it's already been won. I'm <laughs> just trying to win a few battles, and I did it. Um, yeah, like I said, so going back to something I mentioned earlier, I figured out with the bosses, as long as you quit to the main menu after you beat it and you go back, it doesn't count as beating the boss, and it brings you back to your last save point. So I think it was the fire boss, the second, third dungeon. 
I accidentally killed it with an extra punch from my fists. And then I was like, nope. Went back, did the fight again, and beat it with a, with a broom the second time. So that's how you get that one. Could you loot the chest and, like, reload and fight the boss and get the loot again? Didn't even try to find out, honestly. Uh, I just went, oh, crap, and <laughs> paused it, main menu, and I was like, worst case, I lose the loot, which would have been bad. But, nope, I just actually got to refight him. And, honestly, every single boss I fought, I I did a two-way teleporter right before that room anyways. So, it was like, I just reloaded and went and fought him again. And it was actually, that was, I thought I thought, one of the easier boss fights, except for... This is one of those games, if we're talking about achievement hunting, I think there's a lot, and you can correct me if I'm wrong since you're definitely more of the hunter, but my take on it was a lot of them are super easy, albeit a bit grindy, I will say, but if you want 100% this game, it is dang near impossible because you need... It's not impossible, it'll just take a lot of time. No, four of them are very hard because you have to perfect the final bosses which i assume unless it's forgiving and just means you don't have to take any damage but you can lose armor or something that those are going to be four hard achievements to get like real hard see i don't look into what achievements there are i just play the game and like i like seeing them pop up but actually going and looking at my gamer score for this game i was a bit peeved up with so many hours got to the fourth dungeon and my score was lame I forget what it was, 160 or something? Yeah, it was like 160-something. And, I mean, I will say I didn't see them popping up as much as I I usually do. But just, like, for how many hours I put in, I was like, oh, I'm glad I don't look at the gamer score. <laughs> Felt terrible. Well, because generally with most games, you get a bunch of the gamer score points when you actually beat the game. Normally a game, like, reserves, like, a good 100 gamer score just for beating the game alone. So you're close. It's just whether or not you'll finish. I think I will. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I just, I got a little, I think I just played too much in a short period of time and got like a little bit burnt out. Because like I said, it is very just back and forth, back and forth. There isn't like a crazy amount of stuff going on in the game. So I'll eventually beat it. Well, part of it too, one of the reasons I think I actually beat Andrew, maybe we glossed over it a little bit, but one of the cool things about this game that we didn't talk about is the new game plus. Ah, uh, yes. Which I actually really liked the new game plus in this game. So, as Keith was kind of first, since Keith also brought this up, we were going to introduce a new segment where we uh, explain a little bit of our stats that the Microsoft Club kind of shows that you can kind of compare with your friends. But we ended up learning that when you do a new game plus, it apparently resets those stats. So, unfortunately, we weren't able to introduce this new segment on this episode, but hopefully we'll do it next episode. But the new game plus in this game, I actually really like. So, generally with the new game plus... I generally find it to be like, okay, it's just an easy way to make people find replayability with your game. But the new game plus in this one, I actually thought they add just enough to make it a little more interesting because there's new items. You actually have rings you can get. There's new minions you can get. There's new weapons you can get. So I actually was like really enjoying the new game plus because as soon as I beat the game, I instantly started the new game plus because I wanted to keep going. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I ended up putting a lot of time into grinding achievements instead of new game plus so that's that's why i still haven't done it but i am actually really excited like i plan on playing new game plus i might not play this game as much as i have but i I probably will keep playing i heard you say minions and i wasn't sure if you were talking about the little guy that helps you yes and i was just curious what was your favorite one Ooh, good question the flyer was probably the one i used the most because it did a good amount of damage and it picked up items for you, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, the ones that didn't pick up items, especially in the, the fourth dungeon, the tech dungeon, they would fall so quickly. And so I was using like the leaf guy and the ball guy. I don't know their names. I apologize <laughs> to anybody listening. But they, the descriptions are great. They don't pick things up for you. So I was like, oh, I kind of wish I had that guy. But I, I always forgot to change them. But some are better for certain dungeons, I think. Yeah, because I, I, well, more specifically, there some are better for certain bosses. Like, a good amount of times I was using the Leaf guy because he can, like, he can throw an air ball and it can hit just about anywhere in the dungeon. 
So I really liked him. But there was a couple bosses that moved really fast. And so my minion would just never be able to hit him. So if I wasn't using him, there was another leaf guy. And um, apparently it's good in the description as Liz is. <laughs> but he would spin his blade up in the, and he would bounce across the entire room and just keep bouncing until it hit something. So I actually liked him a lot with uh, bosses that moved really fast. Because he would just shoot once and eventually would hit the boss for you. Yeah, which I didn't even realize that the eggs were those creatures. So, and until I saw you playing it, so I'm kind of glad that I watched you play a little bit before, because I probably wouldn't have kept him in the bag. <laughs> yeah, there was one actually from the fourth dungeon I found was really useful, the little recharger one. It looks oh, yeah. like a little uh, like lava lamp when you see it in the game, but it uh, it actually can create potions off of dead bodies. It's a it's like a super low rate on what it, the ones it does it, but... It's pretty nice because it gives you a potion equal to the level, uh, or equal to the dungeon you're on. All right. So getting into our final thoughts now with this game. Keith, why don't you tell everyone, what did you think of the of Moonlighter? Man, so I said it from the get-go. This is a definite game for me. I had a ton of fun with it. I don't know. It might not be for everybody. I will say it's just a game that for me has everything I liked. And while there are certain things that were kind of eh, the glitches and that... And maybe a few misses. Absolutely high on my list. I'm going to guess 70. <laughs> I'm niche. I'm funny. She was like she's like squirming. She's like, oh, I'm waiting for him to say 70. <laughs> no, I kind of almost want to say 90. But because of the glitches and the miss, I'm going to, the misses, I'm going to give it an 85 for me. Well, it's funny you say that because I'm giving this game a 90. I really like this game. Like, I agree with you. There's certain things of it I don't think makes it warrant a 90, but I just loved this game. Like, any time I was playing it, I just I just wanted to keep going. It was a game that was just such a nice grind of, oh, I just got a bunch of loot, and then it's like, oh, well, now I have this stuff I really want to sell in my store. Ah, oh, sweet, I just sold a bunch of stuff. Oh, well, I need to get more stuff. So it just kept making me play over and over again, and I, I could never just sit and play this game for, like, one hour. It always ended up being like a good couple hour of a gameplay session. So for me, I'm giving this game a 90 because I really like this game. The only complaints I had of it was kind of the lack of the lore and interaction with the village and a little bit of like the glitches. But like that was it. I absolutely loved the music. I absolutely loved the combat. I absolutely thought the monsters were really cool. And I really liked the boss fights. Can I go back to the 90 since I said it? Nope. <laughs> no, you convinced me though. That's what I'm saying. You convinced me why. I mean, it's fine. It doesn't. We don't matter for anything. In the scheme of things. But no, I. You convinced me because I honestly have the same thought. The fact that I, the only reasons I stopped this was because I literally had to go somewhere. I had to go to bed, or like people signed on and all wanted to play uh, a group game. That was the only things that pulled me away from this game. See, I think I'm a bit lower than you guys. I was thinking between 80 and 85, because for me, I feel like a lot of the games we've been playing, like the character development, banter, um, it just didn't feel like its own little world. I did feel like it was like doing, focusing on two things and you didn't really focus on the villagers or upgrading your property or your store. I just thought that there was a lot missing. I think that other games that are like this could learn a lot about the combat. Like I definitely think that they went above and beyond other games like this. But for me, it was just, it got my attention for hours on end, but after a couple of days, I was like, I, I kind of want to play something else. But other games like it, like Stardew, Graveyard Keeper, I mean, I just wanted to keep going because there's so much that you can do. So you don't just have to do the dungeons. You can you can go fishing. You can do different things. So there was, it was missing like more to do. So I'd say maybe like an 82, I think. But the meta score, 84. And the user score, 7.3. So I guess I'm kind of like the winner in this, because I was closest. <laughs> no, you're just wrong with everyone else. Which, I, yeah. I mean, like we've said before, though, sometimes like the user score is a bit lower than it should be, especially when a game first comes out or whatever. But yeah, that, that, I think like 80, 84 is a good score for it, the meta score. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I admit, I know this game probably doesn't deserve a 90, but for me, I would give this game a 90, because it's just, I really enjoyed it. But I do agree with you, Liz. I think it would be nice to have more of an interaction with the village, maybe get married, and have your wife run the shop. Like, it kind of alluded yeah. to with your parents at the beginning. 
Sorry, that also sounded a little sexist. <laughs> it was the tone you said it. That's why I always thought you were trying to be funny. That's why no, I laughed. No, because I felt like they kind of alluded with it at the beginning with, like, seeing your parents, like, take care of the shop. And he's like, oh, your dad did the dungeons and your mom would stay back and take care of the shop. So I thought it would be kind of nice if there was, like, you could have a family dynamic with the game. Or no, like you're a right. creepy guy in a dungeon that, like, irritates you or something. Like, just something funny. I don't know. Yeah, but overall, yeah. So overall, as you can hear from us, this is definitely a game. Uh, if you're a casual player or a hardcore gamer, I think you'll really enjoy this game. It is a little bit more on the difficult side. I know you were having a little bit of issue at first, Liz, but it didn't seem like you were having too much of a difficulty. So I think this is pretty accessible to anyone. Yeah, I thought it was a, a little bit hard at the beginning, but um, the point where I was like, this is crazy hard is when I accidentally switched difficulties. And that was terrible. But yeah, I, I definitely needed the lowest setting. But yeah, I think normal is fine for, for most people. Well, quick side note, actually, that we didn't talk about. I know we already talked about achievements. There's no no requirement to play it on any difficulty. So you can do everything on normal. So if you are just trying to play it for achievements, just take note of that. You can do it all in normal. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, if you enjoyed listening, please don't forget to comment and subscribe wherever you listen to this because we're on all the things. We also want to give a huge shout-out to our fan, Curtis, who uh, gave us a nice feedback, and he also had a nice game recommendation for us. So next week, which is Liz's pick, because Liz was actually looking at this game too, conveniently. But So next week, we're going to do a fan pick, which is Outer Wilds, which is kind of a nice, cool space exploration game. But yeah, if you would like a shout-out or if you would like to recommend a game for us, please hit us up. Uh, You can find us at Twitter at GPGBpod. We're also on Facebook at Game Pass Grab Bag, or you can send us an email directly at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com. Well, I have been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can follow me on Xbox Live at Firebird01844. You can also follow me on Twitter with the same username, where I will be streaming most of the games. Keith, where can people find you? Quick rundown. Twitter, Keith Lynch 121 because no one cares about that. More importantly, Xbox, Lil Fluffy, as always, forever. And my mixer is the same name. So I stream there, and Apex Season 2 is coming up, so I'll probably be streaming a lot of that. That's so exciting. I love watching you guys play Apex. <laughs> Liz is pumped. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been Liz the Noob, gamertag come on I'm Dean, and I'm on Twitter at Liz the Noob. Noob is EW. All right. Well, thank you all so much for sticking around listening to us ramble on. We greatly appreciate you all who listen, and we hope to see you again next week. Bye. See ya. Thank you.